ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Yeah But Seriously podcast. Today, we are taking a journey. A journey with a man named El Huevo. A musician, an artist, a man of many talents. Get ready for the smooth sounds and story of El Huerto. thing to begin with you know it's just fun to draw stuff like as a little kid you're really at least I was enamored by the idea of just like conjuring your fantasies into something real almost like on a paper a piece of paper like you think about something and you have a piece of paper and you sit and draw it and then you become more immersed in the world like make little noises I don't know if you did it when you were a kid and you were drawing like pew 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 like make little sound effects to the guys you're drawing on the paper uh, and then just a transition of like what am I doing with my life and my mom was like maybe you should go to school so I applied for art school they didn't like my stuff uh, and she found this school in Skövde uh, in Sweden which was for like uh, video games like you could go to college for making video games so mm-hmm. I tried that out and uh it's never really been a conscious choice. It's just like something that's happened, you know, like almost like a manic uh, drive to try to be creative and, and curious and then just follow the road wherever it leads and not try to be too sad about like, I need to be this, I need to be doing this, but more like taking it as it comes, sort of being curious. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love the fact that uh, you didn't get into art school uh it's like whatever i saw your drawings like in anyone on the show if like you go see them like your stuff's it's awesome it's like it's freaking amazing like this in this super cool unique style that and i guess maybe be curious what is that like journey or that path that has like come to kind of creating that i guess consistency across there versus you know just being distracted and kind of going wherever you know your direction goes or whatnot like so if I get this right, like how, like, do you feels like holistic some way, like music, like the music and the visuals? Yeah, I guess like, yeah, because I, and I've, I've listened to a ton of the stuff. I've just been like jamming on your, uh, music okay. while just, you know, writing and working lately. It's, and it's just like great chill music and like your art. And it's like, so you're like, in your visuals, I feel like I see this like consistency of this almost kind of like Latin American uh, kind of look to everything mixed with kind of, I guess, like psychedelic type art and then the music, um, you know, I'm hearing like chromatic meets explosions in the sky meets like Tycho. Oh, yeah. That's like yeah. kind of how I would like what I've tried to describe your music to other people as. Um, and yeah, just I guess curious maybe how that like has formed, like how, I guess, how you kind of came to all this style or did that build over time? Uh, like, oh, it's such a hard question, really. Uh, it feels like I've answered this question a couple of times over the years and it, the answer is always different but somehow I like a little bit of hubris maybe like uh, oh I can create a whole new universe like with uh, 
with the visuals and the audio, it's like when they both come together, uh, it, it sort of like makes the world more believable. If you get my drift, like uh, you can listen to something and you can have the visuals at the same time. And to me, that becomes more uh, more vivid. And I deal a lot with escapism. So it enables me to escape into that world even more. But as I realized that other people were interested, it was also sort of like a way to try and massage some kind of, I don't know, uh, what would you say, um, inspiratory senses in the listeners or the viewers so that they would be intrigued and want to come in, in themselves and immerse in this universe or whatever it is. So, and I think that like that's where the name El Huevo comes from. It's not me really. It's more like some kind of deity, like that created this universe, and I'm more like a funnel uh, for this whole energy, and then I channel it out into my hands and my brain or whatever. Uh, so, so I mean, that it looks Latin American kind of makes sense because it's it's a rather shamanistic procedure, and and I feel like that sort of. Uh, heritage has a lot of leverage in, in Latin America. Like this, that, it feels like that's where shamanism, in that sense, is the most prominent, and where it has the most uh, mythological depth. So whenever one wants to go into that thing, that sort of thing, uh, usually that that's the sort of visual keys that come or, or uh, style that comes about. Uh, but lately, I've been sort of moving away from that because that kind of feels like the OG of shamanism. So once you find your own path, you kind of need to get away from that and find other venues to explore. And lately I've just been into uh, surrealism and uh, abstract art a lot. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm just going to break everything down and dissolve everything. Yeah, that's all that I, I love. Good. If that makes sense to you at all. Now that, that is fascinating and, and, I, and it's, and it's interesting, I guess, when I hear you talk about, I guess, the the visuals and thinking the sounds of it, and, and I guess this idea of like escapism, and you know, you because that was like almost one of the things I was asking, where it's like your music is, it's not like your you know your commercial pop tune where someone's just trying to write this cool catchy hook that you like, you know, yeah. it's like it's environmental uh, and it's like this experience and so what I'm hearing from you is saying is that like what you're trying to do or like your mentality is you're trying to create this world that people can escape to and you're almost like uh, like like you said it's like you're channeling all of this energy to try to create this space and this visuals and this sounds and everything that someone's like an escape for someone to go into yeah and hopefully find something meaningful inside like whatever it is uh, sometimes it feels like it heals people and sometimes it feels like they just become inspired and some people are just like I don't fucking get it you know <laughs> why are you being a weirdo ah. uh, but I, it, for me like trying to explain it is really hard and I've been working on that a lot lately like trying to find a coherent way to explain it because there is no real academic um, field uh, for this like if you go to art school you have a lot of academic leverage that you can like you can drop these certain styles or these certain procedures and whatever but if you 
take it from my angle, you just need to do all the research yourself, sort of. Uh, yeah. Which is, uh, which is a challenge a lot of the times. One of the things that you said uh, I loved about this kind of like, you know, you kind of like the shamanistic route of like, you know, following or kind of influenced by others. But then you also kind of mentioned this, like going your own path thing. And I don't know, I'm, I'm like a big Joseph Campbell fan, like the hero's journey and like diving into, oh yeah you know, following your own path and not, you know, uh, not just trying to follow the what's paved by others. And um, yeah, I'm curious, like what you find, because like, like uh, I know I feel like when I'm like creating music or something, I'm like, God, this is weird, and no one's gonna like this shit. And, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like you ever like have that feeling where you're, just, <laughs> but, like, always. and you just like push through, like you know, like or, like how how does that like how does that manifest for you? It was easier when I was younger, I think, because then it was like just pure joy and pure curiosity. You know, like the tools were new. Uh, you'd only been doing it for like 15, 20 years, something. You know, it's still kind of new to you. And now it's sort of becoming this, not a treadmill, it's sort of, even if I'm trying to explore new things, I've kind of grown accustomed to it. So I know that if it feels drab, if I just push through, there might actually be something. So that that's kind of the drive a lot of the times, like, you know, maybe, you know, being creative this way is sort of like 60 or 70% just work. Like you just work on it and then you have these if you're lucky 40 percent where it's like euphoric and that's what you're trying to go for uh, and sometimes you fail and sometimes you really come out on the other end with something beautiful but i mean you can't let failure stop you because even if it sucks like failure sucks so bad like you've been hammering down on something for like weeks and it just sucks like it just doesn't have that thing you know that piece of gold and just like okay whatever i'll just go drown myself or something like because i suck like and then you enter this whole me at least like uh this pit and i need to dig myself out of this pit again but it's always worth it because sometimes in this pit there's always there might be something that you can learn from and, and take back with you to the to the top side uh, a lot of people say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger or uh, failure is just a, another way to learn it's like really true but you need to remind yourself of that because when you're failing it sucks and that's all you can think about so even if uh, if someone says to you that you're just like oh fuck off i don't want to hear it like but you need to constantly push through and remind yourself and like sometimes it might be good to have like an idea of okay if i start something i need to finish it like that's really good to have uh, having your in the back of your head like what should i do tonight watch netflix or finish this thing that i think is really bad but i need to do it anyway because it might become good yeah and so question like how much of what you create do you actually release versus how many do you like say like all right this is like nail in the coffin i'm killing this thing like this thing is not going out because you have a ton a ton of music and stuff and, and like art out there and like a ton of stuff and i always you know there's like the the mentality of like you know on one hand you've got tool where it's like everything is perfection spend 13 years on the most brilliant album and then you've got like grammatic where he's just like i'm gonna put out tons and tons of stuff like just publish and like put it yeah. all it's not all good but like i'm just gonna put it all out there yeah. and where do you kind of find yourself sitting on that spectrum how do you like wrestle with that 
Jeez, I don't know. I feel like I haven't done enough. You know, like when you say, oh, you put out so much stuff and I'm like, have I? I thought I could have done more. Like, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of weird, but I think having, for me, having role models was good. Like I listened to uh, DJ Crush and uh, uh, Jay Dilla a lot when I was younger. And also like, what, what's his name again? Or what's his face rather? The guy with the mask, uh, MF Doom. Like him and Jay Dilla, they were sort of like dropping beats, as you said, uh, just putting it out there. Like, whatever, this is another one, this is another one, this piece is just 30 seconds long or whatever, and just have a record of 30 songs and they're kind of half finished, all of them. And then you have DJ Crush, which is like meticulously working on an album for five years. And both of these doctrines inspired me a lot. So it's kind of like trying to go back and forth and see where you're at at the current moment. Like, do I want to chisel this? Do I want to be like chiseling right now? Or do I want to just uh, go crazy and vibe? And it's been kind of helpful to have both doctrines to move back and forth between them. Like a good example is painting with watercolor. Like you really need to be in the flow and like follow the water and intuitively working with it because you can't really erase anything. You can't, it's hard to paint over stuff, but if you're painting with oil, you can always redo everything. So it's easier to like make something really complex, but it takes a lot longer and you need more patience. But the result is very different. And if that's the result you want, you need to like sort of get into that mindset. But if you want the more, uh, for lack of better words, jazzy, outcome then watercolor might be what you would want to do because you would just kind of want to go with the flow instead so there's different energies and you need to sort of know where you're at at the current moment like bruce lee talks about water and rivers how you need to follow the river and you sometimes have to like just stay in the river uh, or go against the current or whatever like stuff like that so it's a lot of work on yourself as well as actual work like knowing yourself to know what you would want to make at any given moment sort of i love that and that's uh yeah i think the trend of self-awareness among like successful artists is just such a uh a key part of it all and i'm curious maybe like what do you do from like a a practical level um to kind of try to help maintain that self-awareness like meditation journaling like what, what are maybe things that you, like, you do like to, or anything crazy maybe that I don't, I don't even know about that like what like, are some of the practices <laughs> i go into my spaceship and go into outer space and meet the aliens <laughs> no i uh uh lately i've been doing meditation and like working out and skateboarding a lot of skateboarding uh, that seems to work for me now, but before it used to be alcohol and weed, uh, sort of almost self-medicating, uh, to like eliminate distractions and to sort of turn on the flow. Like when I was younger, alcohol was really good for me to turn on the flow. And uh, after that it was weed. It was really good for turning on the flow eventually you know it just made me dizzy and i couldn't turn on the flow at all so then i needed to find something else and then i started reading a lot of books about uh for example that chess player 
who was also a martial artist. I, I don't remember the name of what, what he was doing, but it was about pressure. Uh, and he talked, he wrote a lot about flow and how to maintain it and how to attain it. So uh, I'm trying to just do workout and meditation and skateboarding to like find out where that place is within my mind so I know how to find it when I need it, basically. Yeah. Uh, curious from you, I guess, because um, again, I I've, I've, again feel like similar path where I grew up, drank a lot, smoked a lot, yeah. and uh, that was like the source of like creativity. And then you get older and you're like, oh, I guess I can be creative without this. Um, but occasionally still it's like, uh, can be a flow. And I'm curious, like, do you, have you like completely replaced things like that in your life or do you still find them are good inspiration from times or how is that coming kind of out? I, I, I think it's more like, um, like a tool to unwind nowadays, like, you know, a recreational tool. Uh, but like it used to be every day. Mm -hmm. and now it's more like if I feel like there's a mental knot or that I can't relax uh, then I might consider doing it just to forget about everything and try to subconsciously untie the mental knot sort of like the guy who uh, submerged in the bathtub and uh, cried Eureka like, uh, I don't remember his name, but there was like a story about this Greek who had to um, uh, solve a, a very complex mathematical puzzle for one of the kings. And the kings was like, if you don't solve it by Friday, I'll, I'll chop your head off. You know, and that created a lot of tension uh, <laughs> and he didn't know how to deal with it. So he tapped a bath and submerged himself into the bath and relaxed. And that's when he cried, Eureka! You know, I've, I've found it mm -hmm. just because he, uh, he just forgot about everything and, and knew how to relax. So, yeah, that's how I would use it today. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I experienced that so much where like just, yeah, doing one thing and like whenever you just like take your mind off the problem, yeah. that's when the, the solution appears. And this kind of brings me, I guess, into another, I think that ties into like this next point of like, balancing like the commercial like in the, the creative side because it's like you know you're yeah. doing work for like video games you know you're doing arts um and stuff like this and you know there's the points where like i imagine you're being like almost like commissioned for a project and then you've got like your own albums and stuff and i'm curious maybe like how do you navigate that balance um or what does that look like and how do you kind of like try to keep your artistic integrity while actually like you know getting paid for a project where they might need certain types of things or stuff like that dude i'm not really sure to be honest i think like getting rid of the idea of money kind of helps like first and foremost like not be too concerned about money like the idea is to just have enough to get by so you can continue to be creative and you know trying to keep it at, at that level even if you happen to attain more money than you need like try to try to keep it at that level what do i need to sustain myself to continue to do this uh, so then it's kind of easy to just 
not think too much about like this needs to sell a million fucking copies or whatever and also not be too concerned with your ego like it's important to have an ego when you want to create something because there's a certain amount of hubris uh, and you know <laughs> not perhaps megalomaniaism or whatever you call it but a certain level of uh, thinking you're something kind of helps you but if that takes over hand you might actually like set a I don't know what it's called in English but set a kid like uh, <laughs> yeah, what, does that, what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean god damn it uh, you know like some someone's walking along along like this and then someone comes out with their foot and you trip oh uh, yeah yeah but if you do that on yourself okay Is, is, is there like an expression in English? I guess you're like tripping yourself up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, tripping yourself up, exactly. Uh, so trying to maintain that is like, I can only speak for myself. Everyone is to find out where that level is and then try to work around that. Uh, and also, you know, sometimes you might be stoked to do something that's more commercial just because it challenges you. And sometimes you might be more stoked to really really dig into your own navel just because it gets you stoked yeah. so uh you know I, i don't think these are like lessons for everyone you know someone might actually be meant to just make pop music and i wouldn't take that away from them yeah i wouldn't want to take that away from them And I'm curious, like with all of the commercial things, I know you've like done games with like Nintendo and like Steamworks and like a lot of like large collaborations and stuff where like your your art and your music has like taken hold. Um, like how much did you were you like, all right, I'm gonna go out there and like try to pursue these bigger opportunities versus just kind of creating and letting stuff come to you? Like, what did maybe where did you kind of sit in terms of like the intentionality of like, all right, I'm gonna go try to pursue something and make something happen? Uh... I think I've been lucky that I've sort of ended up in places where that just happened on its own, sort of. I I think in the beginning, I really, like, working with games in Skövde, we had a small company called Short Fuse Games, and it was, like, we created the... Everyone, like, we were 10 guys, uh, created the first game ever uh, for us. Like, we wanted to create a game... And then we got a chance to do it and everyone was so like stoked to do the best we could. And then we were kind of tripping ourselves up a little bit. Uh, and I think after that experience, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna chill a little bit and more focus on being the best I can be, like, and just learn, uh, you know, how good of an artist can I actually become? And not concern myself too much with uh, uh, stardom or fandom or, uh, whatever you call it, like fame. Because uh, I know artists are concerned with that. And I would just want to say like, fuck it, it doesn't matter. You know, like Van Gogh, for example, he's famous for misery and cutting his ear off. But apparently yeah. he found solace, but this is an after construction, but apparently he found solace when he realized that I'm not painting for Uh, the world right now I'm painting for infinity like it doesn't matter what happens to me in my life if I can just do the best I can then uh, you know history and infinity will 
tell me my worth and I won't even be around to hear it. So it doesn't really matter. So I think that's, that's a good way to look at it. Like you're not really important and it doesn't really matter. And if it doesn't get you stoked, don't do it. Like you have this one life and if being creative is your thing, you know, it should be something that lifts you up, not something that brings you down. So find the things about it that lifts you up and, you know, get rid of the things that bring brings you down about it. And I realize that a lot of people have, you know, that these practicalities, paying rent, whatever, you know, you, you got to prioritize. Like maybe you shouldn't have a car. Maybe you shouldn't have a, a penthouse. Maybe you shouldn't have all these things because they're just going to get in the way of you trying to be creative. Uh, if you're lucky, you can have both. But, you know, that's... Uh, that's for the fates or whatever to decide, I guess. Yeah, I, lo I love that. Yeah, I just totally agree on so many points of that where I just have a lot of friends that always just like, they, you know, they keep just buying more things, increasing their cost of living. And then like, they just have to keep working harder and doing things. Yeah. And my first, my first go at the entertainment industry, like I burned out because I was built my like whole living on it and I just had to take whatever and like it was just like it was like 100% commercial like there was no creativity yeah, it was yeah. just like I just hoard myself out to the whoever would pay money and it was it kind of killed it for me um and and but it was also because again I was like increasing cost of living and just like didn't have like real thoughts and like that and, and as soon as you realize like oh live minimally and then like you just have more freedom like that's yeah. like a super powerful like feeling and everything there it's hard to get there maybe because I get how you get caught up in it because everyone else is and you sort of I mean you sort of become the society you live in so it's very hard to you know if everyone's like oh I just bought this or I'm gonna get a new apartment and you're like stuck in your little I don't know scrub somewhere <laughs> uh, you know it might wear you down as well and you think and you might think that you know getting a bigger apartment is going to make you happier, uh, but it never does. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. But how did you cope with that? Like, did you just stop doing create creative work, or are you getting back into it now, or what's happening? Yeah, I guess on my side, I I um, I went in and I did a ton of the creative work. I like burned out, and then I kind of went into doing businesses, other stuff for money for some period of time, which. I find like I, I run several businesses, which kind of fund my living, um, and that is I find I've I've gotten to the point where I'm like now okay like business and like entrepreneurship is its own like creative artistic thing in itself. Yeah. So I kind of do that, but then I do those with the intention of building those to where they just sustain, so that I can just make more art and have oh, more yeah. time for that and everything. So that's kind of like again, it's all like finding the path that works for you. Yeah. Like most of my other entrepreneurial friends are like, what the hell? Like you're trying to like work less so you can just sit around and make 3D art and like weird <laughs> music that no one likes. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it makes me happy. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> excited. that's the same approach I have. And, you know, you never know if someone's going to listen to your music or not. When I started out amazing, making music in 97, I think, you know, during high school, all my friends were like, your music is so weird. Like, <laughs> what is this even? I don't even get it. And I was like, well, I, I like doing it. And now it seems like 
almost every other kid is making the same kind of music today, 20 years later. So you never know if you're onto something or not. So the best way is to continue to make your weird little shit because you never know if someone's gonna gonna enjoy it or not. But how, how's that working for you? Like su- try, trying to create uh, companies that sort of just sustain money for you so you can get paid for playing or? Yeah, it's 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 cool. It's um, at times like it's like yesterday, like I didn't get to make any music. And like when I have a work day where I'm like, oh, I didn't get to do music today. I'm like, that's like things getting get out of balance. And, you know, at times like things, uh, it can kind of pull you away. And so it's kind of like this just ebb and flow um, mm-hmm. where like I love, I guess, that the cool thing about it is it makes it puts zero commercial pressure on my music. Yeah. And so like that's what's cool for me is like I don't care if you like it because like I don't need you like and it, I don't need <laughs> to make a living from it. And, yeah. and eventually, you know, I want to collaborate and I do want to do some stuff that's more commercial. But it is cool to just like go into it that totally different mindset versus previously I was my first go at the industry, I was doing animation and I was doing like music videos and uh, like tour design for like artists. And it was all like, whatever will like make you happy. I will do anything. And like, mm. and uh, that didn't make me happy. So it's, it's a balance, you know, it's like finding the right path. And uh, it's like, you're constantly kind of oscillating between the two, but it's um, at times I'm like, I wish I could make art all day. And at times I've had it where I worked 10 hours a week and I just made art all the time and it was awesome. And then other times business kind of needs more and pulls me back in there. So. Yeah. So maybe that helps you. You have that balance. It kind of happens naturally for you, which is good. Like, cause I mean, I get to make art every day. Woohoo. But as I said, 60% of the days, it might just be fucking office work, you know, like, yeah the passion has become my my work sort of so i have to get up and do it like not necessarily for money but what else am i to do you know like i have this lutheran inside me that if i don't do any creative work for two days it's like you're worthless you suck And I I, th- I think this guy who uh, was the producer or director for a God of War, Corey Balrog or Barlog. Uh, check that one. He he was asked like, why do you make video games? And then his answer was because I hate myself. And I was like, that's a weird answer to give. But then I thought about it. And it's like it's kind of the same for me. Like. I like drawing, I like making music, but games is like something different. Like, cause it's so complex and it takes a lot of your brain energy, but it's, it's so rewarding just because it's so complex. And I'm drawn to it because I have this little dude inside me that says I'm worthless, you know? So if I have a game, I know I'm going to be occupied for two, three, maybe five years, you know? And then there's always something to do. Uh, so it's a bit destructive, but you know, whatever works. Yeah. It's just, uh, again, there's like such fulfillment. Uh, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you have like the worst of those parts, the parts where you hate it or you're failing and then you get something good and it's just like the, the, the elatement of that feeling. Yeah. It just rocks. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's like, another, yes. <laughs> fuck yeah, but that's another <laughs> thing. Like, 
why should life always be you know we're humans we have all these emotions like good bad maybe not even call them good or bad but like we we're elevated and then we're dragged down and like that's part of the experience and without without darkness you can't have the light and all of that you know those cliches there's some truth to it i think like it's you know i i enjoy having a bad day because i know i'm gonna have a really good day sooner or later maybe not enjoy but you know that helps me deal with deal with it yeah and so one other thing i kind of wanted i'm curious about in like your writing style is one thing i hear is that you use like the motifs a lot in your writings where like you know and like the even like the, like obviously like the wonderling kind of work and then um uh rat vader's dream like you, you've got these kind of like repeating kind of themes that are kind of flowing and like it's like cohesive albums and another question i had is just like how you go about approaching a project like that again like where i guess you're like repeating those like kind of like recurring motifs and stuff like that and right how do you like write something so big like that or what, what does that kind of take to pull something like that off like for like i didn't make the soundtrack for wonderling uh, okay okay uh Sorry. that's my friend oscar Delius. Uh, okay 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 and he's rad vader okay i thought you guys uh, collaborated on that one. Oh no or he did he, he did everything for wonderling himself like oh, okay uh, okay yeah yeah but i kind of helped produce his uh rat vader album uh because i felt like he needed a push to like go his own way because just like you he was being bogged down by commercial projects you know to, mm -hmm. to make the money and <laughs> <laughs> and he was kind of i could tell he was feeling sad about that so you know i pushed him make your own album uh call it rap vader because you know you've been talking about rap vader for a long time and then he was like can you help me sure I'll, I'll help you and then we can call say that i produced it or whatever uh so and he's really a lot better than me at getting these themes these reoccurring themes uh, I mean, I enjoy it too, but like he's musically schooled, so he actually knows what he's doing. You know, I I'm just a hobo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I guess the question then on that is like, then how, like, how does collaborations like that unfold? Or maybe like whenever you're doing like collaborations with other artists, like, because again, like so often it's such a personal thing, like, what have you found like works or doesn't work when you start trying to collaborate with others? Oh man, H hum humidity? No. Humility mm -hmm. yep. uh, is really important. Like, I mean, you can't kill yourself just to make something work because it needs to be a little bit of you and a little bit of the other people. But being humble and curious, you know, what gets this guy stoked? Or, you know, how does this person vibe with this thing? And it's almost like a puzzle that you have to lay out and then figure out where the pieces are and somehow try to fit them with your own pieces. Uh, I mean, I'm really lucky with Oscar because we've known each other for a long time and we sort of have the same kind of brain. So that, that really works. But with game projects, for example, I worked with Eric Sviading and now I'm working with a guy called Morten Bryggemann. And they are much more like designers than I am. And sort of, um, let's say that I, I'm, I'm a conceptual artist and they are more like, in my opinion, um, 
um, result-based artists. Like they lay out a plan and they follow the plan. Whereas I make up the plan as I go along. And it can be really hard to like find a common ground. But usually we are on the same track. It's just that we use different different languages. And having that sort of, you know, I can learn a lot from a designer's point of view. Whereas they can learn a lot from an artist's point of view. So there's always something to learn if you're able to kill your ego enough to go there and not be like, oh, but I don't like the way he's doing it. Ah! <laughs> you know, and throw a tantrum all the time. Uh, or instead be like, is there anything I like about it? Or is, is there anything in here that can teach me something about my own work, you know? And... Uh, yeah, curiosity helps a lot and humility, basically. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, studying some of the Shoshin meditation stuff again, where it's all about the beginner's mind and uh, just always going into something with the mentality that you're not the expert and that there is always something to learn in every yeah, situation. Yeah. And I feel like that that's like kind of, it's just such a good framework, I think, to go into collaboration of you could go in and be like, oh, but I've like, this is screwing me up. Or you can go and there's if if you take some feedback or some improvement there's a way like there's probably ways to make it better it's not everything but like there there's that's what the beauty of the collaboration is if you just kind of lean in and embrace that yeah you learn so much if you if you embrace it for sure as you say like you can learn so much it's really good like i would encourage anyone who wants to be an artist to do collaborations uh but in my opinion it's easier to do collaborations once you've found yourself like, so maybe not start out doing collaborations just because you're lonely or something. Uh, it's better to seek out the collaborations when you sort of know who you are and what you want to do. Because then it's a lot easier to know where you stand and then take the other person's piece, uh, puzzle pieces. And if you know your own puzzle pieces, it's a lot easier to find them and get them working together. Yeah. I love that. That's that's an awesome, awesome mentality. Well, uh, as we wrap up here, any other final, I guess, like words of wisdom or just thoughts for all the other artists out there? Jeez, I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Like, do I have any wisdom? You know, you got my... a big beard, so like <laughs> beards equivalent to wisdom. So that's because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> And it, I, I could never have the self perseverance of doing it your way and shaving every day. No way. Uh, it's only because my wife forces me to. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a beard too. Okay. Okay. Maybe you should try it. You know, you can, you guys can work together, you know, tell her that uh, maybe you would like my beard. And if you don't, I'll shave it off. I've tried. I've tried. It gets shaved off. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've already been through that. Uh, uh, I don't know. Wisdom. Jeez. I feel like what we talked about is, is pretty important in itself. Just doing what you feel is like, uh, there's this song that helped me a lot. Uh, in like, what's this guy's name? I think the song is called Morning of Our Life. And it's a guy singing to a girl how she shouldn't listen to what her friends say but listen to herself. And it's kind of, it's 
it's it's kind of quaint, you know, and fairly straightforward. But now, when I was a kid, I used to listen to that, and I think that shaped my mindset a lot. Like, don't listen too much to what other people say. Like, listen to what you think. Like, that's really important. Then you can listen to other people. So I think that's key, if anything. I love that. Um... The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand is like my favorite book of all time, and that's like oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the total mind mindset there. Just, yeah, follow your own path. So I love that. Yeah, that was intense. That one, like for sure, that helped me too. Like uh, Howard Rourke. Yeah. Yep. Or something like yeah. He was he was really intense with like doing his own thing, uh, becoming the greatest architect, and reading that book really helped. That's interesting that you uh, that you dropped that. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's, it's the thing. It's uh, like I feel like it has the same message of this song, which I have to go check out now. So, yeah, love it. Awesome. Well, um, for anyone that wants to go and find you or your music, anything like that online, what's the best place for them to go and find all that? Um, I think I have a website or a portal, elhuervo.com, and has like links to everything. Uh, so, best ways to go there or just Bandcamp or Spotify or you know Google El Huervo and do some Sherlock homing and you'll find it <laughs>